Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and also Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. We'll start by looking back at Saturday's result against Millwall, and then I think it'll move on to a more positive note as we talk about last night. This at the time of recording is Wednesday, so we'll talk about last night against Burnley. First, Gregor, you went down to Millwall at the weekend. Uh, it's a ground I've been to, the Den, before. It's an interesting ground, isn't it? It's quite hard to get to. It's literally just in the middle of London in a housing estate. How did you find it? How was your experience at the club? And a very disappointing, not just result, but performance. Uh, yeah, I found it um, in a difficult manner, actually. I think I took a wrong turn in and ended up walking from sort of Canada water and through some of the uh, states there. So, uh, yeah, got to see um, a bit more of south-east London than I maybe would have liked. But in terms of the new den, cracking atmosphere there, I have mm. to say. Um, and it's a bit of a contrast, really, to Ashton Gate because I think the city fans have been a bit nervy recently. Um, mm. The atmosphere maybe hasn't been quite up there. I think it probably was last night. But at uh, the new den, um, it was rocking there. And you, you can understand that because Millwall have been on this great run. What a run they're on. They won again last night. And of course, they beat Bristol City at the weekend. By all accounts, the performance just wasn't there from Bristol City, was it? Was there not a shot on target? Is that correct? That is correct. And I'm going to come on to this, though. But I don't think Bristol City played that badly um, at, in um, London. Um, probably in a minority of one. But <laughs> I, um, yeah, they didn't have a shot on target, but they did have chances. Um, in fact, they had a fair few good chances and for example um, Jamie Patterson was clean through one on one just Jordan Archer to beat but he kind of had a defender coming across and rather than hit it on his left foot he elected to come inside onto his right foot miscontrolled the ball and the defender got the block in so I think if he's in um, top in full confidence um, as a lot of he players, was earlier in the season exactly maybe. yeah maybe would have scored there they'd had the other chances as well um, and, but just Millwall kept getting these blocks in and uh, that was sort of the story of the game. Yeah, and they went out and they got the three points and it was them, you know, galloping towards the playoffs. They now occupy that final playoff place after last night's results. But last night was a far better performance from Bristol City and we've got a lot to discuss from this. But let's start with the performance and the lineup because we get given team sheets in the press room and on that team sheet there was a lineup that did not reflect how they stood at kickoff. So basically what we saw was Bobby Reed sort of playing in a 10 role when it transpired that Bobby Reed was playing out on the left, which I think raised a few eyebrows, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, I made the mistake, maybe you did, of trusting the club media, who I think <laughs> had put that little diagram together. And um, I think they were guessing, basically, whether it was going to be three in the back. And it wasn't. Lee stuck to his four four two. He um, likes that formation, has used it most of the season. And, uh, yeah, Joe Bryan was over there on the right-hand side. Um, that's something we asked Lee about after the game. Um, and Lee actually said he was inspired by um, sort of continental tactics and how often they use inverted wingers and even inverted fullbacks these days um, because that's often where the space is down the, down the flanks and especially for um, the fullbacks. And basically he thought Lee, um, sorry, Joe would get uh, a bit of the ball there and he'd be able to cut onto his left foot and come across and get some shots off and he did have that one um, good curling effort in the second half which, that wasn't too far away well that's exactly what happened though isn't it because he put him uh, on that 
right back position, in that right back position, I should say. And he cut in and did that wonderful cross from his left foot, which Juju headed down for Bobby Reed to score. I mean, Lee Johnson stood on the touchline there thinking, yes, this tactic has worked a dream. He must have also been thinking, why didn't I do this earlier? Yeah, absolutely. It came up trumps, didn't it? Yeah, very nice goal, cracking finish. Um, yeah, we saw some quality from Joe Bryan throughout. He had that little uh, one trick that he, he tried about sixty-seven times down the down, down the <laughs> he right. He pulled way. it off. Didn't he, he did. It's he almost did. like a cro- It's like the ball came to him and he croif turned. Yeah, I, I think a player. I think the kids call that one the McGeady spin. That's why it's called on FIFA. The McGeady spin, as in after Aidan McGeady. After yeah, Preston and Sunderland midfielder Aidan McGeady. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Uh, I, I think that's what it was. I might be wrong there. But uh, yeah, hell of a move, hell of a trick. And Joe Bryan really came back into form at such a key time. Yeah, several good players in good form. I mean, Frank Fielding was superb between the sticks, pulled off a number of saves. And also Bobby Reed had a hand in all three goals and um, scored his first goal, I think, for six games. So it was fantastic to see him burst back into form. He was fouled for the free kick on Mullen Pack, wasn't he? He was. And, and that's interesting because he was meant to sort of be playing on the left wing, I suppose, but he kept drifting in, kept making an issue to himself. Beautiful goal as well. He, that was not easy to take when Gigi headed it down. He sort of had to hit it on the volley and it hit the bottom right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the third goal, which Matty Taylor came on and scored a 1-2 with Bobby Reed, who had a lot to do in that position, didn't he? He's only small and managed to muster his way through and get that cross across. So, essentially, Bobby Reed last night, two assists and a goal. Man of the match performance again. Yeah, great way to bring up his 20 goals for the season. 18th of the uh, Champions League. I think he, he was talking, wasn't he, after the game, saying that he, he set himself a new target and he, he wants to get 20 league goals. And uh, I think he might be looking for a few more than that as well. Yeah, definitely. And you were speaking to uh, Lee Johnson about him, I believe, after the game, and he was full of praise. Yeah, um, we, we spoke to Lee and basically got a bit more background on that move to making him centre forward and the guy leading the line for the Robins and Lee was saying about how maybe Bobby didn't um, buy into it at first just maybe it was a bit of a surprise really when, you're, when you've when you played a certain position for a good number of years and then a, a coach asks you to try a different position then yeah you, you might be a little bit sort of apprehensive but um, it's worked out superbly and Lee was saying that if he doubted it before then he certainly doesn't now because let's be honest he's, he's, he's a contender for one of the players of the season I thought he was excellent obviously do you know what I mean it might have been like I said a bit of a eyebrow raiser if you like to play 20 goal a season striker wide left but he's got such a good attitude pulled him in yesterday talked him through the thought process behind it and just said look go and be dangerous but from that position and he was. Obviously, we moved him up top um, when, we, when we made the tactical change, the substitution, um, where he provided the assist. So, um, no, I'm, I'm chuffed with him. Delight, amazing for him to get 20 goals. Like, if you didn't believe me uh, at, the start, at the end of last year, when I tried to turn him uh, and, and tried to un- basically get him to buy into it, he certainly does now. So, Lee Johnson, full of praise for Bobby Reid. I believe you spoke to Mullen Pack as well about him. Yeah, we did speak to Mullen today and he was um, talking ahead of the Middlesbrough game and I just asked about sort of Bobby Reed's future. There's been a bit of speculation recently and um, we know clubs are looking at him. I know there were some more scouts there last night, but there's nothing unusual about that really. And we've said this before, top, well, second or top scorer in the championship. He's second top scorer, isn't he, at the moment? Um, there's always going to be interest in these kind of players. So, yeah, just ask. Marlon Pack about 
whether the club really need to tie down Bobby's future. But you said it. Um, it's going to be interest, of course, Riz. He's had a fantastic season. Um, he's a, like I said, he's a 20, 20 goal striker, um, and he's he's massive to what we do. So, listen, I'm sure things are getting done, or there's some kind of move beyond the scene. Um, it's part and parcel of football, it? contract talks, contract negotiations. It's what happens everywhere. So that's Marlon Pack on Bobby Reid's future. What about Marlon Pack's own future at Bristol City? Yeah, I asked him about that as well. And um, I think it's the same sort of deal, actually, with him and Bobby. I believe they both were going to be out of contract this summer. Mm. However, the club triggered a one-year um, contract extension on both of their deals. So that means both of them are out of contract in 2019, which means it's kind of decision time for both of those guys this summer. Mm. So I asked Marlon what, what he thought about his future and whether he'll be staying at Ashton Gate too. You just had the assistant manager and there's questions you need to ask them, not me. <laughs> Um, you don't want to go anywhere listen it's a great place to be we all know that um, we all enjoy it here um, the future is bright hopefully for Bristol City um, everything's put in place now to us to go and achieve maybe what we want to achieve um, and I've always always enjoyed my time here every season it's been a gradual increase of or progression if you like and um it's definitely a, a club that's going places or a club that's heading in the right direction. Um, and it's a great place for me, or has been a great place for me so far to, to develop my career. Fifth season here, it's not really um, heard of nowadays, I don't think, in football, you know, to be at a club for quite long, really. Um, but, you know, there's still hunger for us to achieve. Like I said, we haven't achieved, we've had a good season, but what have we achieved? Really, nothing yet. Um, so, like I said, I know all the lads are hungry. Um, there's been talk that we've listened to this paper talk you know not that we've bottled it you like there's not the case at all you know I know every single one of them players in there are, are desperate to, to get in those playoffs and like I said we, we'll do all we can now to get in there and hopefully finish the season strongly OK so a little bit diplomatic there from Marlon Pack not anything conclusive to draw from that but we'll have to see what happens to him in the summer but I mean where could he go that would be a better fit for him? There isn't really anywhere right now, is there, Gregor? No, you need to keep hold of these guys. He's a real key um, character in the dressing room. He's a leader for the team. Uh, and he's had a great season as well. I think he's really improved his game. He was saying today about how he wants to score more goals. He was talking about how he's been working on the training ground. This is what I like. He's been, he's been working on the training ground at free kicks. A number of the players have. Uh, he felt confident last night, stepped up and walloped. Great goal. And, um, yeah, it's great to see when a player does that. He works on something specifically and then it comes good on the pitch. He wasn't necessarily first choice free kick taker either, was he, at the start of the season? So that's the thing that's developed, right? Yeah, I think there was a contest between him and Joe Bryan to take that one last night. Um, but Marlon was feeling confident. And, yeah, I, I said to him he wasn't too far away from the second free kick in the, the, in the second one. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It slid by that far post. And, and um, yeah, I think Marlon actually said he was disappointed he didn't get that one on target as well. Yeah, it was a great performance last night. But Bristol City did ride their luck at times. Let's not forget, Lukas Jukovic had a sort of a cross-come shot. Frank Fielding palms it away. Jacques Mughoma can't really do a lot about it for Birmingham City. He's on top of the ball and he puts it inches wide. That was a let-off. Jukovic had a couple of headers that went wide. But now is the time for luck. So do you finally think that Bristol City is starting to get some luck now? Yeah, I, I do. I think, I said at the weekend, actually, they needed a break of the ball. They got that last night. And in the same way as the Millwall game wasn't as bad as I think a lot of people made out, I don't think last night's game is as good as 
people may have made out. Because, yeah, on another night, Birmingham City takes some of those chances and it's a different scoreline. Like Gary Monk said after to me, you know, if they'd been more clinical, it would be a different story, wouldn't it? So coming on to Middlesbrough this Saturday, uh, Lee Johnson said after the game, it's like a mini league now of four games. So at least they're in that mini league for a start. But there's what? I think there's seven teams competing for two spaces. So there's going to be a lot of heartbreak in the next few weeks. And working your way up, those teams are Preston, Brentford, Sheffield United, obviously Bristol City, Middlesbrough, Millwall and Derby. Just five points separates all of them. So first up for Bristol City in this mini league is a team just above them, Middlesbrough, but it's at the Riverside. Thoughts ahead of this one, Gregor? Yeah, I think um, you've got the terrific record up there for the Robins or against them generally and that'll add into it. Um, Middlesbrough have improved, haven't they, under Tony Pulis? So you've got that factor coming in. I think it's going to be close whatever happens up there. Um, A draw might not be the worst result in my opinion. Mm, Really? (laughs) I just think that out of these four games now, if anyone's slipping up, someone else is going to take advantage. So out of those seven teams, if two of them are winning, then they're the ones creeping into the playoff spots. They've got Bristol City of Hull the week after, Forest the week after that. So they're all tough games. It's just, I feel like this Middlesbrough one is so pivotal. Yes, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. They've got to go for it. That's the Lee Johnson doubt. said they're going to. He said they're going yeah, to go for it. With, without doubt. But I, if, they, if you could take 10 points on the four, final four games, I would take that now. And I would think 10 points would be enough, wouldn't it, to get into the playoffs? It would be enough. Mm, I don't know about that. I you just, don't think it will be? I, I just think, wow, that run that Millwall is on is incredible. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, haven't lost at home since November. What is it, 16 games now for them unbeaten. Um, and yeah, maybe someone else will put a little mini run together as well. So, Well, yeah. Millwall are away to Sheffield United at the weekend, which is another team that are there or thereabouts. Millwall's next three fixtures, OK? Sheffield United away. Now, I fancy them to go and win that. But Fulham at home. Now, someone's record, I would think, is going to go in that game. Of course, it could be a draw. But Fulham on this great, I think it's like 19 games unbeaten. Millwall, as you said, around 16 or something. It's it's ridiculous. And then, after that, they're playing Middlesbrough. So, they have the worst running, don't they? And they've got Villa on On the final final day day. as well. So, things like um, whether the playoffs are decided by then or automatic... Um, might have a bearing, obviously, in terms of motivation. If, for example, if Fulham are already promoted by then, then obviously they, they have to play their strongest side, as has been um, uh, made official by those uh, recently changed EFL directives. Mm-hmm. But um, whether the players will be quite as motivated, I'm never quite so You're sure. On the beach, but, they? But... It's just it's so many permutations of, of, of what could happen now. Do you think after this result last night that Bristol City are going to make the playoffs, Gregor? I'm a little bit pessimistic, if I'm honest, at the moment. I this think... is right. This is the first time that you have said this all season. OK, yeah. well, actually, no, I'll take that back. When we go back to about October, you thought Bristol City would finish. I remember you said sort of they'll probably finish mid-table just outside the playoffs. And then ever since then, you've been really positive and you've, you've said, oh, I, don't, I don't think it's over. I think that's the with a shout at the playoffs. Are you now saying you don't think... Let me, just your opinion. Let me clarify that. I think they're going to finish the season strongly. I've always thought that just looking at their fixtures. And I do fancy them to get at least a couple of wins in these final four games. However, I think it's going to be a close run thing. And yeah, I mean, who could have predicted this run that Millwall are on? It's just incredible. And yeah, it's going to be close. I... Uh, I thought they might just sneak into sixth. I think it might just sneak into seventh. Or I think it might. Yeah, I, I can see. I think I can see where you're coming from, 
I think it could be very painful and it could there be a case of just missing out, mm. which, which would be horrible. Mm. But you never know. I think the problem is, <laughs> for Bristol City and for every other team, there's these seven teams competing for two spots. And seven doesn't go into two, and you know, who, who, it's basically who can put together the best run of form at the moment. So, shoot out. On a lighter note, back to the Birmingham game and the third goal, Matty Taylor's and his gif was just the best of the season, right? If you haven't seen it, it's Matty Taylor. A snake up, the snake appears before Matty Taylor does, and then Matty Taylor appears laughing. Obviously, it's aimed at uh, the Bristol Rovers fans that call him a snake from crossing from Bristol Rovers to Bristol City, but it was genius, wasn't it? Loved it, yeah, brilliant. One of the best ones of the season. Um, I like to see the players able to have a bit of a laugh, you know, and not things, not take things too seriously. Um, that was a lovely tongue-in-cheek kind of gif, and yeah, only Bristol Rovers fans aren't going to find it um, funny. <laughs> but um, I think even some of them um, will even see the uh, sort of, well, the humorous side of it, maybe. Yeah, it was uh, the media officers. It was his son, his cuddly toy snake from home. And they recorded it a few months ago, but obviously Matthew Taylor's been out injured, so they haven't been able to wheel that one out. Coming back from a double hernia up, that's not a bad way to come back, your first game back off the bench. I think that was one of the major plus points from last night. and yeah, That was his first game back since injury, right? Yeah, it was, and his first championship goal of the season as well. Where have the other ones come? Um, was it Stoke at home? In the League in, Cup. In the League yeah. Cup, yeah. And he hasn't, we haven't seen the best of Matty Taylor. We really haven't, and we need to see more from him. And I know, I just know that Lee Johnson holds him in such high regard. There was a slim little chance they could have gone on loan um, in the last window, but that would have only been to get him more game time. It didn't pan out like that. Um, and I think he could make a, a difference in these final four games. But I also know Lee, Lee really does rate him. And actually, at the beginning of the season, I think the plan was for Matty Taylor really to be the, the main forward on the front line. I think uh, Matty... I've specifically asked Lee about this, whether he had pencilled in Matty to play up front with Jurich or Fam, um, rather than Bobby Reed, because obviously at that stage Bobby Reed was, was untested. Yeah, yeah, and he was untested, so it was a gamble. Instead, Matty gets injured, um, and ipso facto, uh, Bobby Reed becomes the number nine, and he gets on this great goal scoring run. He plays really well, and he keeps that position. But there was a chance that things in an alternative dimension, it could have been Matty Taylor up front and uh, and flying high in the goal scoring charts from playing regularly. It's not panned out that way, but I do think there's a future for him at Ashton Gate. And what Lee likes, a, is that his agent? What Lee likes, that's uh, Matty Taylor's agent. Just thanking you there. <laughs> that's what that phone what, was. <laughs> what, Lee, what Lee likes about him is his work off the ball. Is um, his defensive shift that he puts in oh, he every runs, game. Oh, he runs, he yeah. runs, for the team. Which brings me on to another striker who I thought was really poor last night, Milan Juric. Tell me what he did. Yes, he was trying to hold the ball up, but every time he held it up, his touch was so heavy, it was no good. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, good and bad from Milan. I, I didn't think it was too bad last night. Um, won a fair few headers. Um, he won a fair few headers and he flicked them onto no one. Well, why you say that? I thought there was a few chances, and we spoke again. We spoke to Lee about this, and Lee said after the game that he thought it was nice for Jeju to be able to sort of be the man off the shoulder, you know, just mm. picking up the bits and pieces. Mm. And I thought um, Fam had a good game, and partly because of yeah, and partly because of the work that Milan was doing in the air, winning stuff, just just being that physical. Yeah, no, he, he's man, a huge occupying physical, defenders. He's a huge physical presence, but. 
he looks really lazy. <laughs> like, I know that sounds really harsh, but watch him, right? Watch his movement. He makes Framara Gigi look like a workhorse, and Gigi isn't particularly a workhorse. I, I thought Fan was excellent <laughs> last night, putting himself about. Um, Milan, yeah, he, these guys are just coming back from fitness. You have to throw that in there. I know what you mean. I don't think he's the, he's the most... He's really mobile. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. He wasn't at his fastest at times last night. wasn't around the pitch as much as the other guys, but, yeah. Well, I remember at one point, right, Bermuda to take the ball across the back four, and Juric was just stood there. Marlon Pack was so annoyed that he sprinted past Juric all the way back to David Stockdale in the Birmingham City goal to close him down. And Juric is just stood there in the centre circle. When, when was that? In the first ten minutes? That was in, that was in the first half, yeah. yeah oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear, well, yeah, exactly. It's not like it was during the dying embers of the game. And obviously he got hooked, didn't he? He's not starting on Saturday, is he, Juric? Well, he's probably, um, yeah, competing. It's an option. Competing for a spot. But then I, I thought... Bristol City didn't play too badly the other day with sort of three guys behind Bobby Reed, which is another well, option. What is going to? What do you think? How things going to start? It's the I'm looking at in my column this week because the back four has to stay the same, doesn't it? Because I thought they played quite well. Lloyd Kelly has to play. Oh, yes. he's got to be one of the first names on the team sheet. In the middle, you've got to have Corey Smith, unsung hero, been brilliant all season alongside Marlon Pack. Then on the flanks, what do you do? You've got to leave Josh Brownhill out on the right because he's been brilliant. He has. The left spot maybe is more up for grabs. Hold on a second. Are you leaving out Pisano? I'm leaving out Pisano, yeah. Because Joe Bryan did so well at right back. Interesting, yeah. You wouldn't leave Pisano out, no? I wouldn't leave Pisano out. I probably would put Joe Bryan maybe back to left midfield, but... So, Bryan in front of Kelly, and then that means that you're... Okay, so you put Reed back up front with Gigi and you drop Jurich. No, I bring back Patterson and I play him behind Reed. Um, what? As... You drop from Arajiju? Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. Fam didn't play, did he, the other day against um, Millwall? I'm just yeah, thinking. He didn't score. Yeah. I just. <laughs> I thought he was excellent last night, Ashton Gay. Really put himself about. Um, physical battles were superb. Had that coming together, didn't he, with. Um, uh, who was it? Oh, Harley Dean. Um, yeah. They, they squared up. I was keeping an eye on that. And they were those two were having a proper go at each yeah. other off the ball, um, which was great to see. But just I haven't seen enough of that away from home. So he's an option. Definitely, I would definitely play him during the game at some point. Um, just so you, not sure whether I was time. Wow. OK. That's, that's, that would be a bold team selection because you've got the two small men up front again. You'd play Jamie Patterson then? You'd start him? I would. And... Um, People might say, well, you might not create enough chances that way. I would say the Millwall game, they played like that. And, yeah, they didn't have a shot on target, but they did have plenty of chances, as I was saying. And I think the reason they didn't have the shot on target was Millwall's good defending rather than Bristol City's poor attacking. And that's not to say there's not a role for either Juric or Fam. They, they well, definitely would be involved. Yeah, he's in the mix as well. I would. Has anyone seen Corley Woodrow? <laughs> I asked, actually, I asked Lee yesterday about him, Dione, um and Ryan Kent. Apparently, Dione's got um, a, a, an injury at the moment. It's kept him out the last couple of games. Um, Has the, he? the other guys. Has the he other guys. <laughs> <laughs> the other guys. We'll have to see. Um, We're not going to look at yeah. are they? It's not. tough. It's tough at the moment because he's got to pick who he thinks is, is the best squad to go and win the games. But. The team picked has to do the job, and they did. You know, like you said, maybe that performance wasn't as good as people are making out against Birmingham, but they got the job done. And it's very hard to drop any of those involved, isn't it? Uh, maybe Taylor would come in for me. Actually, I thought he was superb. You start him, would you? I'm not sure I'd start him because he probably hasn't got the fitness for mm. that. I'd definitely give him a half an hour stint. I Why was Callum O'Dowd then started against Millwall? 
Sure, he had the fitness, did he? Yeah, he had the fitness because he'd come back from injury, but he couldn't play the second game in quick succession straight after. Yeah, so Callum O'Dowd first came back and he started, right? Yeah. Matty Taylor's first came back and came on as a sub. Yeah. So why is Callum O'Dowd fit enough to start and maintain Uh, or not? Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, yeah. I I think that's to do with the attributes that Callum brings to the side. Lee specifically said in the press conference following the Brentford game that he was going to chuck in O'Dowder because he needed someone who was going to take on the opposition. Yeah, sure. He still looks a bit rusty rusty though, doesn't he, O'Dowder? Doesn't look quite sharp yet. Yeah, a little bit. I saw him in an under-23s game at Swansea just before that as well. And yeah, it's... this guy's been out, though, for five months. Oh, so. gosh, yeah. Yeah, and he, we know how good he can be. Our quality, yeah. Right, well, we'll have to see what transpires on uh, Saturday afternoon up at the Riverside. You'll be there, Grigal? I will, yeah. It's a nice long trip for you. How long's that going to take? <laughs> I, I don't even want to think about it. But, well, you uh, have to put your sat-nav at some point. A safe trip to all the Bristol City fans heading up there for what is another crunch game. Who knows? It's still on. It is very much still on the cards at the moment. We know that. I don't think neither of us are dismissing Bristol City for the playoffs because it could, it could still happen. Join us next week for Robins on the Wild and we reflect on what is a pivotal game on Saturday afternoon. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Thanks for listening. Robins on the Wire.